Welcome Life Group Leaders to another week of the Life Group Leader Podcast. This is Pastor Evan and I'm joined with Pastor Hayden. And here at Compass Bible Church, we are exist to make disciples of Jesus Christ by reaching people for Christ, by teaching people to be like Christ, and training people to serve Christ. And everything that we do, including this podcast, is to equip people to become disciples of Jesus Christ by reaching, teaching, and training. Pastor Hayden, it was my honor and pleasure to be able to preach last Sunday while you and Kayla were on a well-deserved break in Kansas City. And we are glad not for not only for you to be back, but also be back behind the pulpit this Sunday. And for many people, it might be a surprise to hear that we are not continuing our study through the book of Colossians, but rather during the break, you prepared a sermon series for us for this Christmas season that will actually lead right into your Christmas Eve service. So do you mind giving us an idea and a a focus of what this sermon series is all about? Of course. uh, We had a great time in Kansas City visiting uh, Kayla's parents and and family. was a wonderful time away. Did miss our church family here. Super glad to be back in the pulpit this weekend. Uh, We will not be back into the letter of Colossians until uh, January. However, here Uh, In the holiday season, we're going to be uh, focusing in on Matthew uh, chapter 1 and going into chapter 2. And in specific, over the next uh, three weeks, we are going to be in Matthew chapter 1 looking at the genealogy of Jesus according to the gospel of Matthew. And really what we're focusing in on here in the first three weeks is the genealogy of Jesus in regard to the covenantal promises of God. We have uh, two really big Old Testament covenantal promises of God that we're going to keep in view. As a matter of fact, actually, Matthew holds these in view as he's writing the whole letter, uh, this whole gospel of Matthew, and it is the Abrahamic covenant, God's promise to Abraham, and the Davidic covenant, when it's God's promise to David, God's promise to Abraham to give him a land and to make him a nation, and by him he would bless all nations of the earth, and then also the Davidic covenant that uh, God would sustain a ruler and a king in Israel who would rule on the throne uh, forever. And of course, we as Christians believe and understand that these two covenants were fulfilled in the life, death, resurrection, and eternal reign of of Jesus Christ, which is exactly what uh, Matthew is trying to get across here uh, in his gospel account of Christ. And so we're going to spend the next three weeks looking at the genealogy of Christ in the book of Matthew, understanding and learning about the importance of the covenantal promises of God in the Old Testament and how that connects to our understanding of Christmas and our understanding of our own salvation here and now under the new covenant of Christ. That's a pretty good overview. I'm I'm excited. When you said the Gospel of Matthew, I was extremely excited. The Gospel of Matthew is near dear to my heart. But for your life group leaders, something that is going to be helpful as Pastor Hayden exposits Matthew 1 and Matthew 2 is to remember two really key features of the Gospel of Matthew. The first big feature of the Gospel of Matthew is that Matthew is writing to a Jewish audience. And the second feature is that he's trying to prove that Jesus is Emmanuel, meaning God with us. 
the whole Bible is pointing towards this specifically, but specifically in Matthew, right in the beginning in Matthew two, when as, um, as Mary is given the name from the angel saying, you will call him Emmanuel. God is with us. It's preparing us for Jesus's final words in Matthew 28 is saying, and I will be with you to the end of the age. But what Pastor Hayden is going to clarify for us is that this genealogy is to prove that Jesus is God with us, that he is the the Messiah to come from the line of David and the Messiah to come through the line of Abraham specifically. So, Pastor, Hayden, what are some of the some of the helpful cross references that we need to know as we approach? I mean, right now I could read the text; it's it's a long list of names, but help us under, better understand what is going on. Of course, uh, of course, there's a lot of covenants. We named a little bit of them earlier, but the two major covenants that we're going to focus in on here. Uh, that we can see uh, first through Genesis uh, 15. That's a great place to start when we're looking at the covenants of Abraham. Also can see Genesis 12 and Genesis 22. Uh, and the, really the, the focus in on there is that God saying that through Abraham, all nations will be blessed. And of course, we understand the Old Testament was, was God's uh, dealings with the nation of Israel. And so it's really important for us as we look at the Old Testament to see that, hey, this is not just a a blessing for the nation of Israel, but this is how the whole world's going to be blessed, which is uh, uh, an understanding and an idea that that wasn't well developed in the Old Testament because it was a very uh, Israelite uh, Jewish message and a Jewish Messiah. But this is one of those statements that we look at and say, wow, uh, this wasn't just a uh, in New Testament, oh, this Jesus just showed up on the horizon and now everyone can be saved. This is something that we read in the Old Testament. It was actually part of one of the big covenants of the Old Testament through Abraham that not just Israel, but all the world will be blessed. And you can see that Genesis 15, Genesis 12, Genesis 22 shows you the, the breadth of the covenant of Abraham. And you can also look at the covenant uh, with David in 2 Samuel uh, 7. And the whole thrust of that is that through your offspring will come forth an eternal kingdom that will bring rest to the world. Uh, the big important factor there is that we know, as we understand, as we will see through uh, the next three weeks, that uh, although there were some good kings in the history of Israel, none of them uh, lived up to being uh, the great savior king. And of course, none of them could be the eternal king because they all died. And so we still see a blank at the end of this promise because it had yet to be fulfilled. And uh, then you can see the new covenant and the promises of this eternal king who's going to reign and who's going to uh, rule over Israel and also uh, the new covenant of God uh, giving us a spirit, turning our heart of stone into a heart of flesh and in him uh, putting the law in our hearts and in our minds. And uh, you can see those things. uh, Jeremiah 31, it's a great place. Uh, You can see it fulfilled in Luke 22, 1 Corinthians 11, Hebrews 9 are just a couple of references there about the new covenant of Christ and how he fulfilled the Old Testament promises. Those are some good, helpful cross-references, really the main cross-references that we'll even be touching on over the next three weeks. you got to have those nailed down if we're going to understand the importance and significant of significance of the Christmas season uh, and our uh, belonging to the new covenant people of Christ. And something else that's going to be helpful as you lead your life groups this week and to better understand genealogies Unfortunately for us, we can look at genealogy as something that we can just skim through, read quickly, and just neglect. But reality, every genealogy, I mean, the one, Genesis 2, this is the geolo- gene- genealogy of the creation. And we see genealogies 
throughout Genesis and Numbers and Ezra and Nehemiah, but the genealogies point to God fulfilling his promises constantly over and over. And the root of all genealogies and all promises is going to root back to Genesis 3.15, where God promised a, a new offspring, a seed, a new Adam to come, and it was focused on the Abrahamic family, then refocused even uh, narrower to David's line as the king. And then Matthew is pointing to this is the person we have been waiting for. So what is going to be the sermon focus for you, Pastor Hayden, as we do this first sermon through Genesis, uh, Genesis Matthew 1, verses 1 through the first part of 6? Uh, to touch on what you said before, before we jump into that uh, focus, is uh, one thing I want you to notice, and you ought to notice when we think of genealogies, genealogies, uh, sometimes they're so... Uh, they're so heavy and so tedious because it's such a long period of time that you have to work through in order to look through genealogies. Uh, and I don't want you to take that as, as a negative. What I hope you see as the pastors of your church is to see that this is God's divine providence being worked out through generations. And so I think one of the problems that our culture has is we're so, uh, we want God's uh, expedient promises. We just want everything right now. And, and to watch this genealogy and see each character and how God intervened in their life, how God had focused in on uh, things going on in that time in history and how he uh, used situations and experiences and, and, and things like that uh, to bring about a whole lot of things that still allow us to see God working and bringing us up to the birth of the Messiah, Jesus Christ. And so what I don't want you to forget is God's divine providence throughout gene genealogies and throughout our life today, that although you don't see uh, some things happening right now in the moment to see how God has used your ancestors, your grandparents, your parents, and you, and then also how God's going to use you to impact the generations ahead of you, and how God would even use your life to impact and affect the future of God's um, redemptive history in your own family. And something to also notice is in each section, as, as Pastor Hayden will preach through each part of the sections of the genealogies, that it always begins with something uh, exciting. The Abraham part of history is exciting, but then it ends with Jesse, the, the father of David, the king. Now we think, oh, that's positive. It's king. Well, remember when Jesse lived. It was during the time of the judges. If you remember the book of Judges, it was a horrible time for Israel. They became worse than the Canaanites. And to reiterate what Pastor Hayden is touching on, touching on is that God is providential. He is sovereign and he is in complete control, no matter how good life seems to be or how hard God, you know, life seems to be. No matter what kind of chaos is going on in this world, God is still in control. He is still faithful and he's going to bring about his promise. Yeah, and that brings us to the sermon focus, and one of the things that I hope to bring about in this sermon series is to grow your love for the Old Testament promises of God, uh, because if, if we're not careful, the Old Testament becomes stale, the promises of God to Israel become stale, the Abrahamic covenant, the Davidic covenant, like, why are all these things important? And it's ultimately important because they all lead to the Christmas story. They all have to happen for us to have this coming Messiah who's foretold in the Old Testament and fulfills all these promises to Israel and thus allows us to have a Savior who was born in Bethlehem, the son of David, the son of Abraham. And I want us to focus this particular week on the week number one 
on the three major covenants, that God's promises to Israel through David and Abraham, uh, and also God's promises to us in the new covenant and how we can have salvation, how all of these promises had led up and, and, and from eternity past that God has always had this plan and, it, and we see it unfolding in scripture uh, through the covenantal promises of God. We need to understand this week that God is a God of promises and God is a God of keeping promises. And anytime the promise is broken, it's always on our half. And it's important for you and for me to always understand that God's going to keep his promises. And it's important for us to say, God's made promises. He's going to fulfill his promises. And it's our job, especially in the new covenant, to say God's promises that whoever would turn away from sin and would trust in him will be saved. That's a covenantal promise that God has made uh, to humanity. And for us, it's, it's we need to understand that because it's not a passing, fleeting covenant. That's a covenant in this time and this dispensation of history that God's promise for us is a big deal. And we should take him at his word and we should trust in him. And when we look at the promises of God in the Old Testament and coming to fulfillment in the New Testament, I hope it undergirds and strengthens your trust and your love for God and his promises. And that's really what I want you to focus on this week and, and, and even in your life groups to focus on the God's promise keeping uh, commitments to his people. It's funny is that it's a good thing to write down and journal things because I happened to look back at my journal and found that I studied through this back in October, right when you asked me to pray about joining the church plant. And it's funny how this genealogy was able to help anchor my mind and my heart to remember God is faithful, no matter what is at the height of the, the COVID pandemic, is the at right at the beginning of the 2020 election, and, and right when you were asking me, hey, will you uproot your life to join me in this church plant? And I looked back and laughed to see, God, you have been faithful to say, hey, if you trust me and you you if you seek first the kingdom of God, I'll provide everything that you need. And to see that come to fruition makes me hope more, more hopeful to think about the ultimate covenant that you've been talking about, Pastor Hayden, is that when people repent and trust in Christ, they can be redeemed. It gets me excited to see what's already happened with this young church plant, to see people's testimonies, to hear people getting saved, um, to see people grow in their faith, and to see that God's covenantal promises continue to be fulfilled here in New Braunfels, Texas, and all over the world right now. That's so, such a good, such, such a good word. Uh, what about, uh, we're going to the section of difficult words and interpretations, and uh, Pastor Evan, Matthew, you have an affinity for the Gospel of Matthew, and I know you have something to say about this. One thing that they may deal with is in their life groups or in conversation about the genealogy conversation is that there's a genealogy in Matthew, but there's also a genealogy in Luke. And uh, for people who don't know their Bible very well, they're going to find a problem here because those two genealogies are completely different. Could you uh, give us some insight on that? Absolutely. This is a favorite tactic used by non-believers to show that the Bible has contradictions. In reality, it doesn't. If you if you study First and Second Chronicles carefully, you'll notice that Matthew uses that genealogy for that, at least the first section of his genealogy. But what about Luke? Luke has, at first it starts off the same, and all of a sudden it deviates. What is going on? Well, what's, what's happening is, is Matthew is focusing on Jesus' parent, Joseph. Joseph is the legal king, the, the, uh, has the, uh, the legal ownership of the Davidic king, meaning he has um, the line of David, even though Jehoi, um, one of the kings said he would have no kids, meaning there would be no kids on the throne. But David, or sorry, Joseph is legally 
the son of David, and he could be technically the king. So Jesus here is the king legally. Now, with Luke's genealogy, it is focused on the bloodline of Jesus, focused through Mary. Mary is, Jesus is physically from Mary. His, his shares DNA with Mary. And Matthew and Luke are to show that Jesus is legally the king and literally of the same blood of the king. And so as Luke's genealogy focuses on Mary, Matthew focuses on jo- Joseph for the purpose of the legality of Jesus being the, uh, the son of David, the king of Israel. Yep. So basically you have a maternal bloodline and you have a paternal line. And that's really the differentiation between Luke and Matthew is they've got a maternal uh, genealogy and a paternal genealogy, uh, all serving their rightful purposes in those gospels. And so don't allow uh, any objections to that to surprise you. Uh, just have an understanding of uh, maternal bloodlines, paternal bloodlines. We all have them. We can all trace all our genealogies uh, from our mother's side or our father's side. Uh, so very important to know. And one other note that is always pointed out is that Luke's genealogy is much longer and Matthew is very short and he seems to leave out people randomly. So when you see the word that in, for example, Abraham was the father of Isaac, but or you can see that Ram was the father of Aminadab, the father of can also be known as ancestor of. Now, if I said your grandfather's name and you are and he was the father, the, your ancestor, that would be technically correct. So Matthew is does leave out names, but it's for the purpose to say he is the ancestor of this person. He's the ancestor of this person. So there is no contradiction. So be rest assured, the Bible still does not teach error. It is teaches truth. Right. That would be called a summary statement. And summary statements do not cause contradictions in Scripture. We all understand understand summary statements uh, as completely uh, legitimate, and the Scripture uses them often uh, to get through a, an entire section of Scripture very quickly. A lot of times you'll see that in the New Testament, quoting the Old Testament, it's a summary statement, not a contradiction, just a summary statement. And we see that a lot throughout Scripture. Uh, really, uh, that's mostly what we want you guys to focus on uh, this week is the covenantal promises of God. When you get into your life groups, this is going to be a really robust opportunity for a lot of conversation. And if you would undergird a lot of uh, uh, this sermon with some resources that we're about to give you, we really believe that you guys can do a really great job uh, getting uh, these questions uh, two, three, four, five layers deep and really having people think about how God has worked not only in the lives of history, but also in the lives of the people in your group and how he has such divine providence and how he's working out his plan and his will uh, in the lives of the people in our church. And so uh, on that note, uh, Pastor Evan, we have a couple of resources we want to give out, uh, at least by name, to uh, our life group leaders. Could you give me a couple that you would uh, encourage our people to read? Absolutely, be my pleasure. The The first resource is just a good book by James Montgomery Boyce uh, called the, the Christ of Christmas, The Christ of Christmas. And this is just a great book to get your mind and your family's mind on as we prepare for the Christmas season, as we're about to exchange gifts to remember what Christmas is really all about. And then there's also another, there's an advent calendar that is called The Coming of Christmas an Advent Calendar of Messianic Prophecy by Stephanie Schwartz. And this one is, is going to be really helpful as Pastor Hayden explains the different covenants, as he ex- dives into the genealogy of Matthew to see how God has always, from Old Testament past, been pointing to Christ is the King. So Pastor Hayden, what is a resource that you have down that has helped you better understand? 
one quick article that I would point you towards is found in the Lexham Bible Dictionary. And if you don't have it, if you don't have Logos, uh, let me know. I have this article copied, and so I can just send it to you. But it's by Abner Chow, and he does a really, really, really good job uh, looking at the new covenant uh, fulfilled in Christ and, and connecting it to the uh, the Old Covenants uh, in the Old Testament, but it's it's really good because it's a concise explanation of all of it just in a couple uh, thousand words, uh, and I think it would be very helpful for you because it was very helpful in me with a baseline understanding of the covenants and how they impact our understanding of the Christmas story, and that's the Lexham Bible Dictionary. You can order on Logos or you let me know and I can get you this particular article, and I think those are three really good resources for you guys as we unfold this three-week Christmas series uh, that uh, would be very helpful for you guys. And uh, finally, yeah, we have some announcements for you guys, some really uh, big things that we want to keep your mind acutely aware of is our Christmas at Compass. Uh, guys, I was listening to a podcast the other, the other day talking about church planning. Uh, and, and one of the statements that was really convicting to me was that church planning is an overflow of evangelism. And so really what plants a church is the evangelism. We plant churches because we have new converts. We have new Christians and they need a church. And so I want to encourage us to understand, that, hey, uh, church planting isn't just a whole bunch of people moving and, and starting a, a new church with, with people who are already saved, but church planting is really an overflow of evangelism and, and of bringing people to Christ. And so I want to encourage you that this week is the perfect week to begin this Christmas season sharing the gospel with people, inviting people to church who do not know the gospel or who may have a, a misunderstanding of the gospel that they could come and be saved. And so I want to encourage you to say, we're here to plant a church. There's no easier time in a church's history to lead people to Christ and to get people interested in going to church than having a brand new church during the Christmas season. And so I want to encourage you to be inviting people to church. Don't let a day go by. I know it's a busy season. I know that it's hectic. You got so much going on, but I pray that the Spirit would empower you and embolden you to make sure that you're taking time every week to invite people to church, be sharing the gospel, be sharing testimonies in your life group about conversations and opportunities you had to share the gospel and invite people to church. And so all of that to say that this is Christmas at Compass. This is a really important time of the year where we're going to be evangelistically committed to going out there and inviting people to church. And on that note, we have an outreach planned for December 18th. We want you to start inviting people now, but as a whole church, we're getting together on December the 18th, starting at 10 o'clock, and we're going to be meeting at 2415 Lifehouse Industrial Drive, also known as our new church building that we'll be in. Uh, and what we're going to do is we're going to have a couple of groups. We're going to have one group that we're going to be singing Christmas carols, and we're going to go door to door. And we are going to be inviting people to church while we're singing them Christmas carols. We think it's a really great, engaging way to get out there, serve our community while also inviting them to church. And if you're not much of a singer, uh, we also are going to have a group that's going to go door to door, engage with people, and invite them to church uh, for our Christmas Eve services. And so uh, make sure you're at that. We want everybody, we want the whole church to be involved in this. And I want you uh, to make sure you're inviting your life group. Uh, this is... Uh, Really important for you to say, you know what, maybe I'm not comfortable with this. Maybe this is not something I do all the time. Well, we will on December 18th. We all want to be a part of this. So make sure you're talking to your group and convincing them and encouraging them to be a part of our church-wide Christmas outreach. 
And so uh, that's really important. And then understand this, uh, and make sure you're inviting your people. They're inviting their friends to our Christmas Eve services. We have three Christmas Eve community services, one at 12 p.m., one at 1.30, and one at 3 p.m. We have three services because we want to fill them up. We want to have more people at church on Christmas Eve than we've ever had in the history of Compass Bible Church. And that is our goal, and that is our commitment, to get out there and get more people at Compass than we've ever had, not for the sake of filling seats, but for the sake of filling souls with the Holy Spirit uh, through the gospel of repentance and faith. And that is our goal and our hope. Now, we'll have child care from zero to four years old for the Christmas Eve services. And other than that, it'll be a family service for people five and older. And so let's fill out our Christmas Eve services and get the gospel out here in the city of New Braunfels. On that note, we just want to thank you guys so much for leading. We actually look forward to seeing you tonight at our life group leader meeting. Uh, which by the time you hear this, you will probably be finished with that life group leader meeting. But uh, we want to tell you how much we are grateful for you guys this holiday season and your service to the Lord in building his kingdom.